1: He decided we'd move to Cairns and that, so it was just like a little adventure for me, so that was sort of why I ended up moving up to Cairns. Um, He was a big drug dealer up there, and so we were dealing in drugs and everything like that, and it took me eight years to realise this isn't the life for me, this isn't what I want, worrying about police raiding us all the time and, you know, watching your back all the time, and I just had enough, didn't want that, knew there had to be more in life for me, and there was, so that was when I packed up and left.
0: The Story. Hi, I'm Elmo, filling in for Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Joanne Simpson's life is one of transformation. She was living on her own when she was 15 years old, met a drug dealer and moved to Cairns, where she eventually got tired of the abuse and chaotic lifestyle. We'll find out how God completely transformed Joanne's life as she has a chat with Karen Hunt, who's on location in Mackay, Queensland.
1: Firstly, tell us what life was like for you. When you were a little girl, growing up in Mackay, what did your family look like? What do you remember? I mostly remember we lived just down the road from my grandmother. She used to have us off to church every Sunday and Sunday school and just a normal family here in Mackay and, and that. So I had a bit of a church background when I was a child and, and everything, but then, of course, once you grow older, you fall away from it and, yeah, make some unpleasant decisions and and all of that and you head on your own way but I always knew God was there God's always been there it's just now is more real. So as a young girl what did you enjoy what were you good at? Um, I used to be a swimmer Um, I swam for um, locally and for state there for a while Um, So I enjoyed that for quite a few years. And then I went into actual um, learn to swim teaching and everything here in Mackay for a while there before I actually moved away up to Cairns. So... So, yeah, that was sort of basically my life, was swimming and enjoying the outdoors and that. So an outdoor girl, yes, a girl after my own heart. What about your schooling? What was school life like? Um, School life was great. You know, I went to primary school here in Mackay and then just went on to the high school, um, local high school here in Mackay. I completed um, only to Year 10 because back then you didn't have to go on to Year 12 or anything like that. So so I finished that then and that was when I actually went into the um, teaching career and working at the swimming pool full-time your family now you've told me Joe that you had mum and dad you had two other siblings but they actually all moved away when you were like what 15 yeah, that's right, about fifteen they left, moved out to Charterville. They left me back here in town living in, in their house. Um, and that was when I started work my working career was sort of basically around that time then. So you're living on your own, you're fifteen years of age. Yes, yes I was living on my own and budgeting and everything on my own and that since fifteen. Brave girl. But you mentioned before you went to Cannes, so what happened? Um like we all do when we're young and silly, we make these bad decisions. I met met someone that was quite a bit older than me, and got involved with them and drugs and alcohol and everything like that. So, um, and abuse. He started abusing me and that. And being young, I was just caught up in it all and to keep me away from my family and that because he knew that they knew what he was doing he decided we'd move to Cairns and that so it was just like a little adventure for me so that was sort of why I ended up moving up to Cairns How long were you up there for? Um, About eight years I was up there for it took me eight years of um, he was a big drug dealer up there and so we were dealing in drugs and everything like that and it took me eight years to realise this isn't the life for me this is, isn't what I want worrying about police raiding us all the time and you know watching your back all the time and and have, being abused non-stop being, you know, getting bashed up for uh, 95 cent something you wanted to buy and you weren't allowed to And that I just had enough, didn't want that knew there had to be more in life for me and there was so that was when I packed up and left. Were you yourself taking the drugs? No, no I wasn't, it was just um, my partner and that was, I was totally drug and alcohol free but I was just caught up in it all, just young and silly thought I was in love, it was my first love and and that and just caught up in it. What a lifestyle you said you actually left where did you go to and when was this? I packed up um, one day, just packed as much as I could into my little car and I drove back home to Mackay that was after um, I'd received a beating for ringing my parents and talking to them for too long on Christmas Day um, and that and yes, yeah, so I just come back home to Mackay because it's my hometown, it's where I, I know I'm safe and that was 2000, 2001. But your family weren't here, did you have close friends here to get around you and support you? Not a lot. My grandmother was still here. She was in the nursing home um, and my mum and dad had a beach house down at Grass Tree Beach and that's so that's where I come back and, and stayed and moved in down there and everything. Most of my friends back here know because they didn't agree back all those years ago what was going on, what I was doing and didn't agree with it all and that so they'd sort of left me but it was just still somewhere where I knew I was safe to come back home to Mackay and mum and dad always kept coming back over here whenever they got a chance to. Were you able to get further work with the swimming training? No, I didn't bother following that. i just sort of done um, other jobs. I went and worked at one of the nursing homes here, here in town for a while. I worked at one of the truck stops. Um, I just sort of worked wherever I could get work and never really worried about going back to the training or anything like that. Joe, you're 23 years of age by now. Tell us about the time you met the man that later became your husband. Well, he's five years younger than, than me, and I was living with my cousin at the time, so he was more around her age, and that, so I'd gotten home from work, was not interested one little bit in meeting anybody or, at that stage, and that she invited him on down to our place, and he walked on into the house, and it was just like, naturally, God just went poof, and I sort of said, Eric, do you want to come around here and have a cone with me? And he just said, yeah, I had a choice of four other guys that walked in there, but it was just so natural to say to him as if he'd been walking in from work every day of the week sort of thing, and back then I just knew he was the one. Was God a part of your world then? No, he definitely was, not a big part of it or anything. I always knew he was there. I always used to, you know, have fits and farts of sitting and praying to him. (laughs) and that but no i just every now and then yeah i'd sit and pray to him you know particularly when i was in need um in those earlier years and that but not as big as what he is now in my life i never had a relationship with him back then but i always used to ask for him when i needed help but uh, i just knew that night there is a god somewhere when eric walked in the door and yeah it was just wonderful from there on did you have other girlfriends in your world at that time No, no, I didn't. I was just... My cousin was about the only one that was living me at the time. I never really had anybody else or anything like that. Yeah, it was just amazing. But your grandma was in your life, yeah? Oh, yes, definitely. She was in the nursing home in town and I used to always, yeah and see her all the time and that because other family members never used to go and see her she was on her own and mum could never get there so yeah she was a big part of my life my grandma back then and helping me she knew what I'd been through and helping me and she's always prodding me along you need to go to church you need to go to church all the time so a good encouragement yes yes it, it definitely was she sort of always kept us kept us in line with God and you know kept reminding us you need to go to church go to church go on so here you are, you're sharing a cone, as you say. Jo, you're not actually talking about an ice cream cone here, are you? No, no, no. I'm talking about having smoking drugs and that by this stage. Um, I'd started getting into doing it to suppress all of the past, the baggage that I had, and everything like that. So I was starting to de- get deep into drugs and alcohol just to numb the memory by that stage. With your new boyfriend? Um, yes, he did. He'd never tried it before, so you could say I was an older bad influence and that, but yeah, he sort of, yeah, he said he'd give it a go and tried it and yeah, we sort of started, that's where I sort of started meeting him from. And here you are bringing all that baggage from your previous lifestyle now into your new life. Yeah, that's exactly it. It just kept coming into it all of it every time something went wrong, I just lose the plot and just couldn't handle it, couldn't deal with it emotionally. And yeah, things just got worse. So by this time, Joe, you were telling me you'd been married already for like 10 years. Is that accurate? Yes, that's right for about 10 years and then things that was when things really got bad I started lashing out I just got had anger non-stop that was when my husband and I separated I, I just couldn't see past the drugs I couldn't see past anything and I just wanted to leave and get out of there and that's how we separated then. Was that the answer? No definitely was not the answer whatsoever but at that stage it was just I couldn't see past that and I didn't like who I was and who I was becoming.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is in Mackay, Queensland, having a chat with Joanne Simpson, who's sharing her life journey. As we're hearing, at this point in Joanne's story, her life is on a downward spiral. However, we'll hear how God turns it all around when we return. The Story... We're continuing with Karen Hunt having a chat with Joanne Simpson in Mackay, Queensland. Before the break, we heard how Joanne's life was spinning downward and out of control. Now, we'll find out what happens next in her life.
1: Basically, then after separation, um, not long after we were separated, I got uh, really sick. Um, I ended up in hospital, ICU, for three days, um, pretty much on my deathbed. And that was, I think, when God really, really spoke to me. And all I could remember in coming out of it was was God saying to me, wake up and smell the roses. Just wake up and smell the roses. That's what I got when I come out of that. And so I come out, and I had a friend that kept saying to me, you need to come to church with me. I've got these people, these wonderful people. You need to come to church. and So like, yeah, well, I need to do something with my life. I need to change who I am what's happening. And that was when I walked in upstairs here at, at the River of Life. And the minute I walked in those doors, and I just looked around, and that I knew I am at home. This is where I need to be. I want whatever they've got to offer me. I want it. And that was God. So not just your grandma... But also a girlfriend and you found a new family? Yes, I certainly did. I found the most amazing family and that here at the River of Life. And the funny thing is is um, now that I look back at it, over those years when I was going through all this turmoil, God had been pushing us in this direction towards Pastor Barry and Pastor Karen for years, all of these signs. We'd see them out with the street van and we'd say, oh, we should go and get, get, donate some sausages to them to feed the f- homeless with and everything like this and that, but just something you never got around to doing. I went and worked at the meat work, so I worked with Pastor Darren and Beck, um, Pastor Barry's son, and they kept saying, oh, we're opening this new church. You should come along to it and that. But of course, no, I wouldn't do it. And then it turns out that my husband on the construction site and that had been working with Pastor Chris there for quite a few years and he knew who he was and everything. So God had us there just trying to push us in that direction. It wasn't until afterwards that we realised we should have listened long ago. Joe, you'd been married for 11 years when you first walked into this church. You came with a girlfriend. Hubby wasn't with you at that time. Picking up on the story, what happened and how has that impacted your life today? Basically, when the minute I walked into this church, I knew this was where I was meant to be. This is what I wanted. And it's just gone from there. Now, my husband and I, we were separated at the time, living in two separate houses at the time. I stood up the front there. I gave my heart to God um, and pretty much instantly, because I was still on drugs at that stage, Pretty much instantly, God just healed me of my drug addiction, of my alcohol addiction. So today, I don't drink, I don't have, to have any drugs whatsoever. And because I have God in my heart, that's all I need in my heart now. He has healed, um, healed all past. The past just doesn't exist anymore. It's just all, all of God god was just he just took it away from me and that was it i couldn't believe how how easy it was if i hadn't known that i probably would have done it years ago um and that because i had tried and you know i had the cold turkey and just give in and go back the weakness and that but no once i stood up that front there and just asked god into my heart that was it 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 was all all gone absolutely all gone it was just amazing so what difference did it make in your everyday life my everyday life of not having drugs, I did not need to have any drugs just to walk out the door to take the kids to school. Um, I didn't need drugs just to do absolutely function during the day or wake up in the middle of the night and think that I needed drugs to put myself back to sleep again. Um, Money-wise, I have had all this money because I wasn't bla- wasting it and blowing it on drugs or anything like this. Emotionally-wise, I actually knew that I had emotions then and started learning what emotions were all about again and how to deal with those emotions and it's being able to open up and actually have communications with my husband again and talk to him about how I felt and everything instead of just suppressing it and, and not telling him and him not knowing what's going on and everything. Was he receptive to the change? oh yes he definitely was and he can see the change in me he he thinks it's just amazing now and our marriage is just so amazing now it's just like starting back over again and that we're learning about each other again we're loving each other again and yeah it's just been so great since god's come into the picture how old were your boys at that time jake he was about 13 and connor would have been about eight did they notice the difference oh yes definitely um they never ever, you know, never ever saw me doing it or anything like that, but they always knew that mum was different, you know, and that sort of thing. There was something there and, and everything. And then, yeah, Jake just noticed the major difference and, and everything. And I think that's what made him realise, yeah, well, it has, you know, there has to be something, God has to be there or whatever and that because he's a full-time server now as well and, and wanting to go on to being a youth pastor. That's fantastic. So they obviously went along with you then to your new Christian family and and your church home? Yes, yes, they did. They did, the two boys do. Um, Hubby works away a lot, but whenever he's at home, if there's absolutely anything that needs doing down here at church, he's the first one in here to come down, help build it, help do absolutely anything. He was the one who transformed the auditorium and built the new church area he's built the new deck on whenever there's something to be done he's the first one that's down here doing it and he's the first one saying to me on sundays you're going to church today, aren't you? Oh, God bless him. You know, Joe. one of my previous conversations, probably all oh, a month or two ago, was with a lovely young lady in Jimboomba in Queensland who has an organisation, a ministry called The Hope Project. It's essentially for women with unsaved husbands. What encouragement can you offer for other women who are perhaps in a similar situation, they love the Lord, Their relationship with him is a part of their everyday life, but their husbands aren't a part of that world. All I can sort of really say is is just to keep on going and showing them how much God has changed you, loves you and everything. And don't be too pushy, because I find when they get pushy, they go negative against it and that, and just yeah, just be there. God will do it. Leave it in God's hands though. You can't do it. That is one thing I have learned is you've just got to let God do it in his own time. And keep praying? Oh, definitely. Lots of prayers. <laughs> So while Eric is away often with work, you spend a lot of your time here with the River of Life Fellowship in Mackay. Your role is predominantly serving with the care service. Is that accurate? Yes, that's right. We run a food barn here and basically I come down and serve the... um, Serve down there three days a week, help out, pack the food up and everything for anyone that comes in, anyone needing food, help them out and just love on them and bless on them and tell them about God. It's it's just amazing. It is just so amazing. And and I find that um, unsaved people come in are so open to God and hearing about God and that it is just amazing do you get the chance to tell people about your story very often yes I do actually and and I think that's where they they can relate to you you build a relationship with them then if they can hear that you're just an everyday person and you've had problems just like they they may be going through at the time or they've been through as well and everything but tell them that there is a light. you know there is something out there for them and they should you know try and come and meet God for themselves that's all right just for themselves. So, Jo, yourself personally, hopes and goals for the future, what would that be? Hopes and goals for the future are um, basically I have just finished doing um, doing my Cert for and community services here in town, so I would like to set up a referral service to actually help people um, with their problems, just to refer them on, find them the right help and everything instead of just walking away feeling even worse than what they did. Um, and pretty much my boy becoming a pastor. I have hopes for him. And my little fellow, well, he just amazes me at the stuff he comes out with about God and he's, he doesn't even come to church all that often. And is he the one that's going for an apprenticeship? No, no, no. He's um, It's my older boy that's going to become, um, that wants to do, become a youth pastor. But we've explained to him that if he gets an apprenticeship first and has money to back him, he can do whatever he wants then. Mm-hmm. And he knows he can because he has God behind him. Well, God bless you, honey. As you continue in your journey, I pray his favour and mercy and love and forgiveness on all of you. And as you continue your work with the care service of the River of Life Fellowship here in Mackay, may you yourself prosper as you go. Thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing, Joe. God bless you, Karen. Thank you.
0: That was Karen Hunt's chatting with Joanne Simpson in Mackay, Queensland and finding out her life story and what an amazing transformation has occurred in Joanne's life. When it looked like her life had hit a dead end and had no future, she called out to God, who helped her turn everything around. Well, how about you? Are you looking for someone to pray with you about transformation in your life? We would love to pray with you on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's our prayer line, 1-800-772-936. Again, 1-800-772-936. Well, thanks for joining us for Joanne's Story. I'm Elmo, filling in for Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
1: Graham Staines was a young man who grew up near Brisbane and he spent uh, the next 35 years of his life serving lepers in a very sort of uh, remote part of India and um, raised a family there. He had three children and then in 1999... Some radical people who didn't like what he was doing actually attacked him and, and uh, some of his children in a vehicle and they unfortunately passed away.
0: Andrew Matthews is a Perth school teacher who has written and produced a major feature film called The Least of These, The Graham Stain Story. How did this all come about? We'll find out the story behind the movie next time. The story, the story. just another way vision is connecting faith to life.